Good morning everyone. It's the 29th of June and remotely I have with me today Nathan Sweeney and Mayank Markandale. Nathan, we've turned back to the risk-off markets. I wonder if you could give us a few ideas as to what caused that last week. Yeah, so markets were definitely selling off last week. And if we look at the data that's been coming out, generally it's been positive. So if you look at a lot of data, it's coming from a very low base. So we expect it to improve and it has been. But the fears this time definitely are around a second wave of coronavirus. And that seems to be driving the market sell off. And if we look at the US particularly, we've seen a definite increase in the number of cases of coronavirus. This is more prevalent in the south of the country. So we're seeing states like Arizona, South Carolina, Mississippi, and Georgia seeing increases in number of cases. And, you know, the government kind of sets out criteria for federal reopening or reopening of these states. And all of those states don't meet any of those criteria. And that represents 8% of the population. And there's also concerns about Texas and Florida, where you're also seeing a big ramp up in cases. And the concerns are very much around hospital bed capacity. And if we look at Texas as an example, the hospital bed capacity is running at 33%. So anything under 30 means that they're not meeting the criteria set out by the government. And it's likely to lead to kind of a reversal of some of the lockdown easing measures we've seen. And that's why the market is concerned. So if we look at the US as a whole, on average, the hospital bed capacity is running at 37%. But in the most densely populated areas, the tri-state area of New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut, it's running at 51%. So much healthier numbers in those areas where they had very strict lockdown measures implemented. So we'll just have to wait and see, but the market is definitely going to be focusing on this of course in the coming weeks. Quite genuine causes for concern there. And Mike, that clearly plays into strength in, in the government bond markets. Yes, it does. I mean, no surprise to see government bonds do well on the back of that. You know, we saw yields fall in both the US and the UK. In the UK, yields fell, fell from 21 to 16 basis points. In the US, it fell from 70 basis points to 65 basis points. So, you know, government bond markets did well across the board. Also, inflation-linked bond markets did quite well owing to the longer durations. So no surprise there. But also we're seeing gold having quite a good run. Yeah, I mean, gold has continued its good run off late. And we've seen gold really trading to $50 range between 1700 to 1750 for the last couple of months, really, since the end of April. But over the last week or two, we've seen that range being broken through. So now trading in the 1750 to 1800 range. And last week, it almost hit 1800 mark, felt $4 short of it. So the gold is acting, at least for now, as a risk-off asset, similar to what government bonds are doing. And if we stay with the commodity markets, a rather poor week for oil again. It was, yeah. So Brent was down actually 4% for the week. And that was mainly on the back of poorer sentiment. We saw Chesapeake uh, Energy, which is poster child for the shale oil revolution in the US, file for bankruptcy. Basically had too much debt on its balance sheet. And in the face of a weaker oil price and lower demand, just could not afford the interest payments on the debt. So it's, it's kind of part of chapter 11 there. Occidental, which is the US's biggest onshore oil producer, has also written off $6 to $9 billion in asset valuations. Similar to what we saw with BP the week prior, and they wrote $17.5 billion in oil assets. Again, mainly due to the revised expectations of a uh, you know, lower oil price going forward. So a combination of company-specific news has put a dent in the sentiment, which has weakened 
this week and the oil price for the week. Is this a trend you expect to see continuing that major oil companies could be consistently writing down the value of their assets? Yeah, I mean, well, Occidental and BP are obviously uh, one of the biggest oil companies out there. So, you know, we could see potentially others do the same. But it really depends on, you know, what assumptions they've used in the first place in terms of valuing their reserve assets. Some are a bit more aggressive than others. So maybe they're marking down their expectations from those aggressive levels. So it really depends on what assumptions they've used prior to what we've seen in 2020 in terms of oil price action. But, you know, if we were to use the example of Occidental and BP, which are obviously one of the two largest companies out there in, in the sector, I wouldn't be surprised to see some others doing the same. Yes, Dee, we'll watch how that story develops over the coming week. What's on the agenda then for this week, Nathan? Yeah, so if we look at the US, we actually have a bit of a busy calendar from an economic data standpoint. We've got ISM manufacturing data coming out on Wednesday, and we're expected to see an improvement there for the June figure from May. And we also have the Fed minutes sort of shed a bit of light on the recent meeting we've had there. But I think the most important economic data point this week is going to be the unemployment number, which comes out on Thursday. So if we look at unemployment as of May, it was running at 13.3%. It's expected to come in a little better, not much, 13.2%. But obviously any kind of surprise on the upside or downside there could really move the market. And, you know, particularly if you saw unemployment rise, that was not good for markets. But one thing I thought probably worth mentioning is that Donald Trump has spoken last week about the possibility for further stimulus And Larry Kudlow has also talked about the possibility for further direct payments to individuals. So what I would take away from that is we know that there is uh, an increase in cases of COVID-19. So if we do see an elevation in COVID-19 cases and hospitalization rates, it's likely to lead to more stimulus, which generally has been good for markets thus far. So I think that should be noted. Thanks for that, but likely also to lead to further volatility, you imagine. There's going to be a short week, but it sounds like it's going to be pretty intense. Thank you both very much. Thank you, Lorna. Thank you, Lorna.